Welcome to the Group of Five Focus Podcast, where we take some time each week to highlight a few significant G5 matchups and showcase the power of the Group of Five. I'm your host, Brian Doppel. Thanks for joining me as I recap some big games from last weekend, share my top three Group of Five matchups for this week, and give you a heads up on a matchup that I think could be a big upset. Let's start with last week's results. In the American Athletic Conference, Houston defeated Tulane to move to 5-1 and 3-0 in the conference, and number 5 Cincinnati demolished Temple to stay perfect and move up to an astounding number 3 in the polls. In the CUSA, UNC Charlotte withstood a fourth-quarter comeback to beat FIU on the road. UAB defeated Florida Atlantic in the inaugural game in their new stadium, UTEP won over Southern Miss, and UTSA held off Western Kentucky in a shootout. The top of the CUSA is crowded. All of those teams, Charlotte, UAB, UTEP, and UTSA, are all sitting at 2-0 in the conference. In the MAC, Northern Illinois beat a middling Toledo team to stay perfect in the conference. Eastern Michigan eked out a low-scoring affair 13-12 against Miami of Ohio. And Ball State, to my surprise, blew out Western Michigan 45-20 in Keizu. In the Mountain West, Boise State knocked off number 10 BYU in what should have been my upset of the week. Number 25 San Diego State beat New Mexico and moved up to number 24 in the polls. And Colorado State stayed perfect in the conference after defeating San Jose State 32-14. In the Sun Belt, number 15 Coastal Carolina had a nice Thursday night win at Arkansas State, 52-20. Texas State defeated South Alabama in four overtimes to start conference play. And Georgia State had a big win at UL Monroe behind 384 total yards and five total touchdowns from quarterback Darren Granger. In our poll roundup this week, the group of five has representation in the AP poll, with number 3 Cincinnati up from number 5 last week, number 15 Coastal Carolina, number 23 SMU up from 24 last week, and number 24 San Diego State up from 25 last week. UTSA, Air Force, and App State also received votes. I try to stay honest, so let's revisit my predictions from last week. In my number 3 matchup, I picked number 24 SMU over Navy 46-21, with Navy struggling to score, rushing by committee. SMU won 31-24, and Navy ran for 177 yards between 9 different runners. In my number 2 matchup, I picked Buffalo to defeat Kent State 27-21 behind a balanced Buffalo offense and a strong run D. Kent State won, though, 48-38. Buffalo's offense looked fine, except for two interceptions, but Kent State had three rushing touchdowns. In my number 1 matchup, I picked Air Force over Wyoming 45-38 and predicted at least three rushing touchdowns for three different Falcons. Air Force won 24-14 with only two rushing touchdowns in a much lower scoring game than I expected. Lastly, for my big time upset alert, I was watching East Carolina and Central Florida in a big AAC matchup. I predicted the Pirates to win 41-32 with ECU's pass defense finally stepping up. 
ECU was looking so good outgaining UCF in total yards and keeping possession for five more minutes than the Knights. But UCF scored the game-winning touchdown with 23 seconds left after an 11-play, 64-yard drive that took 3 minutes and 16 seconds off the clock. The final score was 20-16 to nights, even with ECU holding UCF to less than 200 passing yards and zero receiving touchdowns and forcing one interception. ECU was hopeful, but ultimately unsuccessful in their upset campaign, which reminds me of this one time when I went to Greenville, North Carolina, in the heart of Pirate Nation, to see a Smash Mouth concert. But that is a story for another time. My picking record continues to be deadlocked at 8-8 through Week 6. 8-4 if you don't include the upsets, which sometimes I do just to make myself feel better. I want to hear from you. What matchups did I miss from the weekend? Reach out on Twitter and Facebook at G5FPod and on Instagram at Group of Five Focus to tell me what I missed and why it's important. And if you haven't already, please follow and give us a five-star rating on your podcast platform of choice and be sure to share it with your friends. Okay, let's get to this week's matchups. We're going to start with my number three matchup to watch this weekend. This week, that honor goes to some action between the Ball State Cardinals and the Eastern Michigan Eagles. This game is on Saturday, October 16th at 2 Eastern in Reinierson Stadium on that gray turf in Ypsilanti, Michigan, and you can watch it on ESPN+. Ball State and Eastern Michigan are no strangers. Historically, Ball State has the advantage in this matchup at 36-24-2, and, and Ball State is on a two-game winning streak here. Coming into this game, Ball State sits at 3-3 three and three overall and 1-1, one and one, putting them at 5th in the MAC West, and Eastern Michigan is at a 4-2 overall record, also 1-1, one one, at 2nd place in the MAC West. Ball State has had a couple of nice wins this season already versus Army and Western Michigan and looks to continue winning against another directional Michigan team this weekend. Eastern Michigan had a big win versus Texas State and a nice win versus Miami, Ohio, but a really bad loss to Air Force earlier this season. The Eastern Michigan Eagles have a really nice running back named Jawan Hamilton, who's run for 279 yards and three touchdowns on 50 carries this season. But keep an eye out for the Ball State passing game. Quarterback Drew Plitt has passed for over 1,100 yards for eight touchdowns and three interceptions this season. And receiver Justin Hall has 416 receiving yards and three touchdowns. The matchup prediction according to ESPN's Football Power Index gives Eastern Michigan a 60.6% chance to win this game. I'm going to push back on that a little bit. I'm going to predict Ball State wins this game 27-23. They're coming off of two nice wins, and they're going to stick with their passing game, for better or for worse. I'm predicting it's going to work out for them in this game against the Eagles. Moving on to my number two matchup to watch this weekend, 
This week, I'm watching the Troy Trojans versus the Bobcats of Texas State in a Sun Belt survival game. This game is on Saturday at 3 p.m. Eastern in Bobcat Stadium in San Marcos, Texas, and you can watch it on ESPN+. Troy and Texas State are middle-of-the-road Sun Belt teams right now. Troy has a 3-3 overall record for the season, 1-1 in the conference. That puts them at third in the Sun Belt East. And Texas State is 2-3 overall, 1-0, which puts them at second in the Sun Belt West. Historically, Troy has the advantage here. They've won 10 out of the 11 games between these two schools, and they're on a nine-game winning streak. Troy's also coming in with nice wins against Georgia Southern and Southern Miss and a close loss at South Carolina. Texas State has overtime wins versus South Alabama and at FIU, and a close loss versus Baylor. Unfortunately for Texas State, they also had a blowout loss at Eastern Michigan and an inconceivable loss versus Incarnate Word. Troy's quarterback, Taylor Powell, has passed for over 1,100 yards for seven touchdowns and five interceptions this season. Their rushing attack is intense. They have three running backs in particular, Kimani Vidal, Jamontez Woods, and B.J. Smith, who are on fire this year. Vidal has 287 rushing yards and two touchdowns. Woods has 209 yards for four touchdowns, averaging 5.8 yards per carry, and B.J. Smith tacks on another three touchdowns this season. These three are the core of their rushing attack, which makes up most of their offense. On defense, linebacker Carlton Marshall has recorded 46 tackles this season, safety T.J. Harris, defensive lineman Richard Jabooner, and cornerback Zion Williams have two interceptions each on the year already. Texas State has a rushing attack of their own. Calvin Hill, Brock Sturges, and Jamil Jeter make up their running committee. Hill has 239 yards on the season, Sturges has two touchdowns, and Jeter has three touchdowns already this season. So both of these teams are operating with with running back by committee for sure. Texas State's receivers, Marcel Barbie and Javen Banks, have also racked up an additional 357 total receiving yards between the two of them. On defense, Bobcat linebackers Markavion Coleman and Sione Tupou have combined 65 tackles on the season between the two of them. The matchup prediction, according to ESPN's FPI, has Troy with a 70% chance to win this game, and I agree with that. I think Troy's going to win this game 24-7 behind a stout run defense and plenty of offensive opportunities. Finally, my number one matchup to watch this weekend is the Toledo Rockets versus the Central Michigan Chippewas. I've been a little Mac light so far on this podcast, so I'm taking this opportunity to even things out a little bit. This game is on Saturday at 3.30 Eastern at Kelly Short Stadium in Mount Pleasant, Michigan, and you can watch it on CBS Sports Network. Toledo and CMU are both coming into this game with 3-3 overall records and 1-1 conference records. Toledo's 1-1 record puts them at 4th in the MAC West, and Central Michigan's puts them at 3rd in the MAC West. Historically, Toledo has the edge in this matchup at 27-19-3, and 
The Rockets have won 10 of the last 11 meetings between these two teams. Central Michigan has nice wins already this season versus Florida International and Ohio. And Toledo had a close loss at number 8 Notre Dame and a win at Ball State this year. Central Michigan has a very interesting offense. They've got two quarterbacks that can get you a number of ways. Daniel Richardson has passed for over 1,000 yards with nine touchdowns and two interceptions. And Jacob Sermon, a Washington Huskies transfer, has another 734 yards, six touchdowns, and four interceptions so far this year. The Chips wide receivers Dallas Dixon and Ja'Cory Sullivan have 501 yards and five touchdowns and 366 yards and six touchdowns, respectively. And they have a running back, Lou Nichols III, who has almost 600 yards and three touchdowns through six games. Their defensive standout is defensive back Gage Kresge, who has recorded 41 tackles so far this season. Toledo quarterback Carter Brantley has 962 yards, four touchdowns, and one interception so far this year. That leaves him with a 132.5 passer rating, even if his touchdown numbers aren't particularly high. The Rockets have a wide receiver in Devin Maddox, who has 375 yards and three touchdowns this season. And their running back, Bryant Kobach, has 15 receptions for 189 yards and two receiving touchdowns on top of his 455 rushing yards and five rushing touchdowns this season. The Toledo defense is also intense. They've got three linebackers, Jamal Hines, Jonathan Jones, and Deontay Johnson, with a combined 119 tackles between the three of them. And the Rockets' cornerbacks have already recorded three interceptions, including a pick six this season. ESPN's FPI predicts Toledo to win this game with 71% of a chance, and I agree. I think Toledo's going to win 45-42. to I think it's going to be a close game, but I think Bryant Kobach, the Toledo running back, is going to have a day. I think we're looking at multiple wide receiver touchdowns for Central Michigan, and I don't think either defense is going to be able to stop much. So I'm looking at a high-scoring affair, and I think Toledo's going to have the slight edge again, 45-42. to Each week, I also share a matchup that I'm putting on Upset Alert. This matchup always contains at least one team ranked in the top 25 by the AP, or granted at least a 75% chance to win according to ESPN's Football Power Index. This week, the team that I predict will upset their opponent is the University of Texas at El Paso in their matchup against Louisiana Tech. This Conference USA collision is on Saturday at 9 p.m. Eastern, at the Sun Bowl in El Paso, and you can watch it on ESPN+. ESPN's FPI has Louisiana Tech with a 76% chance to win this game, and I do not buy it. Here's why. UTEP is coming into this game with a 5-1 overall record and 2-0, which puts them at first in the CUSA West. Louisiana Tech is at a 2-3 overall record, but 1-0, putting them at fourth in the CUSA West. 
Historically, Louisiana Tech has the strong advantage in this matchup at 14-2, and they're on an eight-game winning streak over UTEP. Louisiana Tech has had a weird season so far. They had a nice win over North Texas, but their other nice games that they've had so far have all been close losses. A close loss at number 23 NC State, a close loss versus SMU, and a close loss at Mississippi State. Meanwhile, UTEP has had nice wins at Southern Miss and versus ODU, which are nice in-conference wins, but they're not the most difficult teams to beat. Weirdly, Louisiana Tech struggled versus a Southeastern Louisiana team and struggled to get the win there. On the other hand, UTEP had a really bad game and lost at Boise State. It's a hard place to play anyway, but that was a pretty ugly loss. Louisiana Tech quarterback Austin Kendall has over 1,100 pass yards, 10 touchdowns, 5 interceptions, and 3 rushing touchdowns on the season so far. So he's multi-talented. He can beat you in the air. He can beat you on the ground. They've also got a horde of wide receivers. Trey Harris, Bub Means, Smoke Harris, and Samuel Emelis. These four wide receivers have 980 out of the over 1,400 receiving yards of the entire team, and they also have accounted for eight of the 12 total receiving touchdowns for Louisiana Tech this year. On the defensive side of the ball, Trey Baldwin and Tyler Grubbs linebackers are crushing things on defense. Baldwin has a pick six on this season, and these linebackers have 39 tackles each. UTEP's quarterback, Gavin Hardison, has over 1,200 yards on the season with eight touchdowns and six interceptions. So he likes to pass the ball. He's often successful, but he also makes some mistakes. He's usually throwing to Jacob Cowing, wide receiver, who's got over 600 receiving yards on only 26 receptions this year, and he scored four of the 18 touchdowns. Tyrese Knight and Breon Hayward, the linebackers for UTEP, have recorded 40 tackles each on this season. So ESPN's FPI gives Louisiana Tech the advantage with 76% chance to win this game, and I just don't understand. It looks like UTEP has a really good team this year. They've been getting some attention in some national polls, and I just don't think Louisiana Tech has a great team this year. They haven't done anything to to really impress me, except for almost win three games. So I'm going with UTEP in this matchup with the upset. I think they're going to win. I think it's still going to be close. I think they're going to win 28 to 26. And I think the UTEP defense is going to shut down the Louisiana Tech run game uh, behind those, that impressive linebacker play. And I think Louisiana Tech is going to have to rely on their passing game, which is impressive, but I wonder if it's going to hold them over to win this game. I think it's going to be close, but I'm giving UTEP the edge. And that is my group of five upset alert of the week. Thanks for joining me this week on the Group of Five Focus podcast. Do you agree or disagree with my picks? Do you have any suggestions for upcoming matchups that I should break down? Reach out on Twitter and Facebook at G5FPod and on Instagram at Group of Five Focus to let me know. And if you haven't already, please follow and give us a five star rating on your podcast platform of choice and be sure to share it with your friends. That's all for this week on the Group of Five Focus podcast. Until next time, my question for you is, what is one thing you can do to showcase the power of the group of five?